0: What's up, and welcome into another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast, presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Download it today, use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. If you missed yesterday's episode, we had a great interview with Eli Becker, founder of Heat Check CBB, one of the brightest and most reputable college basketball writers in the country, at least for those that follow the sport closely. They know Eli is the real deal. We talked about all kinds of stuff, including some of the top teams in the league, San Diego State, New Mexico. We maybe jinxed the Lobos a little bit because we talked about their rise and how the Ascension is good for the conference. And then they ultimately lost to Fresno State a couple hours later. No more undefeated teams remain in the conference or in the country, but that kind of reiterates a large theme of that interview, which is just that the Mountain West is going to be very deep this year. The schedule is not going to get any easier down the road for CSU. That said, as I talked about with Eli, this next stretch it's kind of important because as far as I don't want to say it's easy, but it is definitely one of the more winnable stretches that CSU will have in this Mountain West slate. Big opportunity to Just rebound, you know, get some confidence back, starting with the late-night matchup against Nevada on FS1, 8.30 p.m. Mountain tip-off. We'll talk about that one afterwards. We'll have some written content as well. But if you missed that interview with Eli, it's certainly worth your while. Go back and check that one out. Earlier this week, we also talked about a standout weekend from Trey McBride. He appears to be one of the big keys in that offense, at least at this stage of the season. And Ryan Stonehouse, who's in position to break a record that has stood for close to 100 years, the NFL's single season punting average record set by Sammy Baugh all the way back in 1940. Stonehouse currently on pace to break it by well over a yard, which is really impressive, particularly when you look at the history of that position and how close some of the all time great punters have come, but ultimately fell short. Guys like Shane Leckler, the Raiders' great punter, in my opinion, the greatest punter in NFL history. He came close on a couple of different occasions, but in the modern game, when you punt this frequently, you have to average at least two and a half punts per team game played. It's obviously harder to to keep the average up, and that's just what makes what Ryan Stonehouse has done so impressive. He's been the definition of consistency, a legitimate weapon. And in my opinion, a guy that should be considered for the NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year, I know that he won't. It's a beauty contest. It's always going to go to a skill position, kind of like the Heisman is basically always going to go to a quarterback. If not, it's going to maybe a running back or receiver. But when you look at how impactful that he has been this season, I really do think he has a strong case. And the historical significance of what he's done only bolsters that argument even more. Anyways, go check out those pods from earlier in the week if you missed them. On this one, we're talking football, even though we're going to be focused on hoops later this evening with that Nevada matchup. I've teased this topic for a couple of days now, finally had the time to kind of dive into it, but I'm going to start with just kind of a a brief, I guess, recap. I'm not going to go game by game, but I'm just going to talk about bowl season for the Mountain West. And then I'm going to talk about why the biggest priority for the conference moving forward It needs to be to improve the national respect. When you look at the last 10 years and the bowl matchups that the conference champion has received, it's pretty disheartening. Just really not much to aspire for. Obviously, the hope is that by eliminating the divisional format and by having an expanded college football playoff, it'll improve some of these things. But I'm going to dive into that. And then we're going to take a way too early look at the 2023 schedule for CSU football. My good friend Aaron Harris, longtime CSU supporter, one half of the Ram Sanity podcast, he posed an interesting question on Twitter. He posted a screenshot of the schedule and just said, in looking at the CSU schedule for next season, what three games do you most want to win? What three games do you care least about winning? I think the harder question to answer is which games do you care least about winning? But after initially posting that the most important to win would be CU, Wyoming, and Air Force, I already had some second thoughts, so I decided to look at the entire schedule, kind of break it down into a couple of different factors, and ultimately we'll come to a conclusion and answer that question by Aaron Harris. Shout out to him for providing an awesome podcast segment. If you have an idea or something you'd love to hear me talk about, you can always send it my way. Uh, DMs are open, or you can just tweet it at me. Or like in this case, if I think that somebody posts something interesting, I might just go ahead and do it anyways and you know give you the, the proper credit. Before we get into that, the fans, the tradition, the glory, there's nothing more thrilling than college football. It's bowl season and the action is far from over. My go-to for betting is with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. We obviously have the national championship coming up on Monday, Georgia versus TCU, kind of the Cinderella story versus the the chalky established brand. I, like many others, did not give the Horn Frogs a shot in the world against Michigan, and to their credit, they came out and punched them in the mouth. They whooped their butts in the trenches. It was a really impressive win at this point. Nothing would surprise me with this squad. I just hope that it ends up being an awesome game. If you are going to bet on it, and you're a new customer, the only place you should do it is with DraftKings because you can get a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and win $150 in free bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlay. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that code DNVR. New customers place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on a college football team to win and get $150 in free bets if your team does. Again, that code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Cool, cool, cool. Let's talk about bowl season a little bit. It was not all right postseason for the Mountain West. Not great, not awful. Finished three and four overall. Nice start. Started three and one, but ultimately lost the final three, including the Arizona Bowl, which was the final bowl that the Mountain West had a representative in. Wyoming fell in overtime, but honestly, I came away fairly impressed with the Pokes' effort against a good Ohio team, especially considering they had zero scholarship running backs on the roster for this one. Lost a couple of other skill guys at receiver, uh, defensive back as well, so it was a tough spot for a shorthanded Wyoming team, all things considered. They lost that one, but put up a good fight. I know that Ram fans don't want to listen to me compliment Wyoming. I will say, though, for all the heat that Craig Bull takes, and I do think a lot of it is fair, I'm not sure that he gets the credit that he deserves for how he gets the Cowboys up for those postseason games. Wyoming's usually a pretty safe Bull bet. At least they have been in the Bull era, um, Craig Bull era, that is. But when you look at how they played against Air Force and Boise State and some of these top teams, it's pretty impressive. Their downfall is they always lose a couple of really dumb ones. Anyways, Mountain West went 3-4 as a conference this bowl season. Fresno State beat Washington State in the LA Bowl. Boise State beat North Texas in the Frisco Bowl. Eastern Michigan beat San Jose State in the famous uh, Idaho Potato Bowl. Everyone's favorite. Air Force beat down Baylor in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Middle Tennessee stole one in the Hawaii Bowl against San Diego State. That loss feels slightly better now, I guess. Uh, Memphis walloped Utah State 38-10 in the first responder bowl. And again, as we just said, Ohio beat Wyoming 30-27 in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Comparing the Mountain West to some of the other conferences, the MAC went 4-2. The AAC, the American, went four and three. The ACC went five and four, as did the Big Ten. SEC went six and five. Conference USA went three and three. The Pac-12 also went three and four, as did the Sun Belt. And the Big 12 finished at the bottom going just two and six. So they do have a TCU in the national championship. So one of their wins, at least, was as big as any of them. Ultimately, I would say that you'd like to finish above 500, but it's not a situation that's going to kill your perception the same way that going 0-4 in the NCAA tournament potentially does just because the top teams took care of business. I mean, Air Force, Boise State, Fresno State, arguably the three best teams in the conference all won their bowls. Two of those were P5 wins, and even North Texas is pretty frisky. It's a respectable opponent to beat. But what I kept thinking about over and over again, particularly when I was watching those New Year's Six Bowls, it's just that it's unfortunate we didn't get to see a guy like Jake Hayner playing against USC. You know, I mean, that Tulane upset was obviously epic. It would have been really fun to see a team like Fresno State Air Force with Brad Roberts shoot even that Talen Green Boise State offense was pretty electric. They could have pulled an upset. But it just feels like year after year, the Mountain West's best teams are getting less and less desirable matchups. The appearances in the top 25 are fewer and far between. And that's one of the biggest things that the new Mountain West commissioner, Gloria Navarez, needs to change. It's the national perception of the conference. The Sunbelt, the AAC, the Conference USA, they all had their top team finish in the top 25 going into bowl season. The Mountain West left out of the college football top 25 CFB playoff rankings, whatever you want to call them. Part of that had to do with Air Force underachieving within the conference, dropping games against Wyoming and Utah State. Boise underachieved uh, in the non-conference slate before they made the change from Hank Bachmeyer to Talon Green, made an OC change as well. And then Fresno State was kind of a unique situation. They got decimated by injuries early. Ultimately, closed really strong and ended up being the team that we all thought that they could be, but unfortunately, just because of those injuries, weren't able to to live up to the heights that we thought they could potentially reach. I know that the college football world is always changing. I know bowl season itself is you know always in flux. But when your top team in the league consistently is getting rewarded with a game against a barely above 500 Pac-12 team, usually the 5th, 6th best team in their conference. It's just not much to aspire for. Over the last 10 years, in 2013 was the first time that they had the conference championship game. The Mountain West Conference winner has drawn a game against a ranked team only one time. One time in the last 10 years. And That was 2014 when number 21, Boise State, Ended up beating number eight Arizona 38 to 30 in the Fiesta Bowl. What stings is could have been CSU in the Fiesta Bowl this year or that year if a couple of things would have gone differently. Early on in the Mountain West Championship era, again, 2013 on, some of those Las Vegas Bowl, which now that bowl tie in is the LA Bowl, those matchups were okay. You know, in 2013, the Mountain West champion was Fresno State. They ended up losing 45-20 to 20 to USC. 10-2 versus 9-4. You, you'll take it. Again, the year after that, Boise goes to the Fiesta Bowl, 11-2 versus 10-3. Still solid. 2015, you start to see a, a drop-off, though. San Diego State wins the league. They go 10-3. Their award, Cincinnati and the Hawaii Bowl. They only went 7-5. and five. After that, a little bit better. San Diego State goes to the Vegas Bowl in 2016 after winning the league. They beat a 9-3 Houston team, 34-10, 10-3 versus 9-3. Pretty solid matchup. Of late, it's been terrible. 2018, Fresno State goes to the Vegas Bowl. They beat a 7-5 Arizona State team after going 11-2. The year after that, Boise State really disappoints because they went 12-1 And got walloped 38-7 in the Vegas Bowl by a 7-5 Washington team. San Jose State won the league in 2020. That was a weird year, so I almost don't even count it. They were 7-0. They faced a 6-1 Ball State team. Decent matchup, but it was only the Arizona Bowl. Utah State in 2021 went 10-3. They beat Oregon State in the LA Bowl, 10-3 versus 7-5 this past year. Again, Fresno State started slow because of injuries. Only went nine and four, including the, uh, including the championship victory. They got matched up against a seven and five Washington State team, who they beat decisively. And it just doesn't do much to move the needle as far as national interest or perception goes. You know, beating a, a Washington State team that was talented, but they had a lot of defensive guys that were not playing in that matchup. Oregon State was was frisky the year before in 2021, but it just isn't going to do much for you. Like beating Arizona in the Fiesta Bowl, that's something to aspire for. Beating a 7-5 and Oregon State team in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl or even Ball State in the Arizona Bowl, it just doesn't feel that much more significant than if you would have went 500 and beat a Conference USA team in the New Mexico Bowl or something. Don't get me wrong, I love bowl season, so I'm not rambling on here and trying to say that they should cancel it or something like that because it doesn't matter. But it is a nuanced conversation, and there's levels to this whole thing. And when the best that you can seemingly do is an exhibition against a team that barely finished above 500 in the Pac-12, it just takes some air out of the moment. Like, if that's your third or fourth best team, all right, that's a pretty good bowl. But when that's the best you can do, when your double-digit win teams are getting rewarded with that, It's just not super exciting. And I understand that the bowl process is complicated. There's all kinds of politics that go into it, including projected ticket sales. They want fan bases that are going to travel. That's why the SEC, the Big 12, even their 500 teams are still going to get decent bowl games. But it just feels like the respect that the Mountain West is getting is not where it should be at, not with how good some of these teams have been, not with the NFL talent that there have been on some of these rosters. So hopefully that'll change soon. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that the elimination of the divisional format will result in a better conference championship game, a high-profile matchup between two, you know, hopefully teams that are ranked, but we'll kind of see there. Also hoping that the expanded college football playoff can kind of open things up for the Mountain West as well. But drawing a 7-5 and team as a conference champion in five of the last six years, that's something that's definitely got to change. Cool, cool, cool. Let's move on and take a way too early look at that 2023 schedule for CSU football, see if we can determine the three games that Ram fans should most want to win and the three games that, if they were to lose, would sting the least. Real quick, if you haven't heard of the American Raptors, they are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. The American Raptors are athletes who have competed at the highest level of their respective sports, coming from backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, and track and field. These athletes possess all the necessary skills to excel at the game of rugby, one of the athletes being Tenalia Tupo from the University of Washington. Tani played for the Seahawks, Falcons, and Cardinals, as well as the San Diego Fleet and Seattle Dragons of the AAF and XFL, respectively. The best thing about hitting up the American Raptors game, they're free. You heard that right. The tickets are free. All you have to do is head over to the AmericanRaptors.com, grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. If you can't make the game, AmericanRaptors.com will be streaming all of them on their website. Check it out. And Also, check out the DNVR Rugby podcast. It is hosted by our guy Colton Strickler, CSU alum. We worked together at the Collegian. Really good dude, but what he does a great job of is making rugby approachable for the ignorant audience. I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about rugby until I started listening to that podcast, having some conversations with Colton. Now I think it's really fun. I'm definitely going to be out there at Infinity Park. You should too. Again, go to americanraptors.com and grab your free ticket for the upcoming season subscribe to that dnvr rugby podcast weekly update on all things rugby all right so my good friend aaron harris at aaron g harris on the twitter.com posed the question if you are looking at the csu schedule for next season what three games do you most want to win what three games do you care the least about winning Personally, I think the second half of that question is much more difficult to answer. I mean, in a 12-game format, you really can't afford any losses, or you can't afford to be okay, I guess, with any losses. That said, certain games always are going to mean more. So I decided to look at the schedule and consider a couple of factors, including history. You know, are these teams rivals? What have the matchups been like of late? Is there some bad blood there? Geography. Is it a matchup that is going to be easily travelable? Is it a matchup against a team that they played a lot again, kind of tying into history competitiveness? Is it a game that the Rams should be expected to come out on top? Will they be favored? Will they be underdogs and then impact, you know, what would the status be from winning that game? Would it crumble your season if you lost it? Would it be potentially a historic moment? So there's a lot to consider here. I jotted down some notes for each of the matchups. So I'll go through that and then we'll kind of determine, you know, what are the games that matter the most, what are the games that matter the least. Again, they all matter, but just for the sake of this debate, for this conversation exercise, whatever you want to call it. We have Washington State in the season opener. It's a tone setter coming off of, of last season, where the Rams probably did not achieve as much as the, the fans had hoped for. But if you can find a way to be what should be a competitive Washington State team, quarterback Cam Ward is returning next year. You're setting a tone right off the bat that this season is going to be different. That You're not going to be a pushover. I mean, the non-conference slate was brutal in 2022. So in that sense, just starting with a victory, I think would be good for the the vibes of the program. Just have everybody feeling good. I guess the counter would be that a win could potentially set some unrealistic expectations You're never going to be upset or apologize for a win, though. There's really no flaw to ever winning a game. As of right now, they have a bye in Week 2, although I could see a scenario in which they move that Utah Tech matchup to Week 0. We'll see. Um, As of right now, you got a bye in Week 2, and then you go to Colorado in Week 3. I like this spot. CU plays TCU on the road in their first matchup before they host Nebraska. I just feel like there's an opportunity for them to overlook CSU in this one. We'll see. I mean, they're 67 22 and two all time against the Rams. Local respect, bragging rights are on the line. Nothing matters more than that as a college football fan. Most teams aren't playing for a national championship, realistically. They're playing to have a fun, competitive season and to win the games that matter most. This is one of those games without argument one of their two biggest rivals, depending on if you favor Wyoming or, or CU. In Boulder, they have all the hype going for them with Deion Sanders. I mean, terrain on their parade would be pretty damn epic to get the road fans an opportunity to potentially storm the field. It would be really memorable. I also think it would be significant just in terms of the status for CSU football locally, stake over sizzle, if you will, with Norvell versus Sanders. And then, honestly, it would be devastating to see you season, which is just a bonus. There's a decent chance they come into this game 1-1, and if not 0-2. I mean, if they go 0-3 in the non-conference slate with as good as the Pac-12 is going to be next year, with Bo Nicks going back to Oregon, Will- Caleb Williams at USC, excuse me, Arizona State and Arizona both doing work in the transfer portal, DJ Ukulele goes to Oregon State. I mean, that's a loaded conference. At least on paper it is. So losing to CSU would be really bad. It would just be so (laughs) devastating to their fans. I would love it. I would be just completely petty and insufferable, but we would certainly deserve it at that point after everything we've had to hear coming from the prime fans these past couple of weeks. All right, Then we've got Middle Tennessee on the road. They won the first ever matchup against CSU last year in Fort Collins, so in a sense, I guess it could be a revenge game, kind of similarly to when Toledo beat CSU in Fort Collins and the Rams went there and, and returned the favor. It's one of the more winnable road games in a potentially a pretty challenging slate, as my good friend Cam's Chorizo pointed out on Twitter, aka Micro. It could potentially be a heavily attended game, just, you know, an opportunity to go to Nashville, especially now that the Vanderbilt matchup didn't happen out there. Depending on the first two weeks of the year, it could be pretty important. I mean, if you're sitting at 0-2, you really need to go at least 500 in the non-conference slate. So in that sense, it could be a must-win depending on how the first two play out. But there's no history here. If you lose it, I don't think it's one that sits with you for weeks and weeks and weeks. But... Again, could be very important depending on how those first couple of weeks shape out. Finally, we've got Utah Tech. It's a must-win game, in my opinion. No history there. This is a team that made the jump to the FCS in 2020. CSU can't lose to FCS teams anymore, especially a team like Utah Tech. This is not South Dakota State. It's not Sacramento State. You're an FBS program. You've got to win this game. And it's by far the easiest home matchup in what's a really tough home slate. The order of the non-conference games is not set yet, so that is going to factor into this equation, so maybe we'll have to revisit this topic uh, come spring or summer whenever they announce the conference schedule. But we'll just go through. Uh, Briefly, San Diego State, they lead the all-time series 22-14 to all-time. They come to Fort Collins. It'd be a respectable opponent to beat. I think it would be a sign of improvement. Also probably wouldn't carry the same weight as beating... Air Force, Boise State, Wyoming, even Nevada with the recent history, even though San Diego State's a much better program. Yeah, just, I don't know. They've been in the conference a long time. I just think San Diego State is a hoops brand. They go to UNLV, first opportunity to play in that Raiders stadium. CSU leads that series all-time, 17-6-1. Outside of the local games, would think this is going to be the most attended road game for Ram fans. You don't want to travel for a loss. That said, you're still in Vegas. So even if you end up losing, still probably going to be a pretty fun trip. I could say the same thing about Middle Tennessee. If you're staying in Nashville, it's still probably going to be a fun trip no matter how the game goes. But you don't want to travel for a loss, so that's something to consider. Utah State, they go to Logan next year, 39-37-2 and all-time. CSU leads that one. It's not a rival, but the recent history is odd. Since they've joined the Mountain West, the games have always been competitive. It feels like Utah State's stolen a couple of wonky ones, so maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on it, but I do feel like there is some history there. matters a little bit more than some of these other conference games, even without the divisional format. Boise State comes to Fort Collins. They're 12-0 all-time against CSU. They're the standard of competitiveness that you compare yourself to in the Mountain West. They are the bar. The gap is closed between them and the rest of the conference. It's not like 2011 when they first came in and they're just stomping people. Breaking through that ceiling and finally beating Boise State would mean a lot. I think this is going to be in my top three, the games you most want to win. And I think it's going to replace Air Force. We'll go through those at the end. Just because of, of what it would mean. I mean, Jay talked about it, what it meant when Nevada was finally able to break through and beat them in Boise. CSU just needs to get that monkey off their back at some point keeping things moving. We've got Air Force coming to town. They are 38-21-1 all-time against CSU. It's a local rival. They've been the most consistent program in this state in the 21st century, and they've always been a thorn in the side of the Rams. I mean, even Sonny struggled with Air Force. You haven't beaten them since 2016 or 2015, excuse me, so that'd be great to snap a losing streak that extends half a decade. At the same time, I think Ram fans are just kind of used to losing to them and with their their wonky style it just it stings a little bit less than Wyoming or CU I don't know that that's just my opinion Nevada will come to Fort Collins after CSU beat them in Reno last year CSU was 13 and 5 all time against Nevada I think there's always going to be just a little something there after the whole Norvell ordeal and all the transfers but this one clearly means much more to one side than it does to the other It's a winnable home game outside of Utah Tech. I would say it's probably, on paper, the easiest home game on the schedule. But it's the type of matchup that CSU has lost far too frequently over the years. So we'll see how they handle that one, what the emotion is like, all that fun stuff. Finally, the Rams make a trip to Hawaii. CSU is 16-11 and all-time in that matchup. I have a lot of faith in Timmy Chang. They were significantly more competitive than expected. They were a great team to bet against the spread all year, uh, all year long. This is probably the toughest road trip you can make in college football, at least from a travel perspective. To me, that's a loss you can stomach, just being real. Many talented teams over the years have gone to the island and left with an L, the local community is fully invested. Timmy Chang is doing a great job in the transfer portal. They've been able to hit on a couple of guys. I mean, damn near landed DJ Ugalele over Oregon State. I don't know. I think it's one you could get through if you lost. Finally, they will go to Wyoming. Rams are 59-50 and five all-time against the Cowboys. In my opinion, this is CSU's most important rivalry game. One because of the history, one of the oldest matchups west of the Mississippi. But two, it's a conference game. I mean, you've got a traveling trophy conference game. It just means so much to both communities. Just like CU, regional respect and bragging rights are on the line. And in your day to day life as a college football fan, there's nothing better than being able to, you know, remind your buddy, hey, you remember that Border War last year? Or, you know, where's the bronze boot? This one is always going to be in the top three most important games to win. It's just that simple. So, Let's get into it. What are the three most important? What are the three least important? We've given some context for all of the matchups. Uh, Initially on Twitter, I said that the most important are CU, Wyoming, and Air Force. Now I'm going to go one CU just because winning in Boulder with all this Deion Sanders hype after not having to come to Fort Collins in 2020 I just think that would be a moment that that really meant a lot to Ram fans. I think it would be big for CSU status in this state. And frankly, as a petty guy, I just can't help salivate over the prospects of raining all over their parade. And number two, we've got Wyoming. We just talked about the history, so we don't need to go through all those points again. But again, most years, to me, this is going to be the most important game on the schedule. But just because it's been a few years since they played CU with everything and with Dion holds a little more weight. At least it does this year. I've been on the record many times in saying that Wyoming is CSU's biggest rival, most important rival. I still believe that. I just think there's a little bit extra with the storylines in the Rocky Mountain Showdown this time around. Finally, we've got Boise State. Again, I originally went with Air Force, but just because CSU's never beat them, I think what it would mean both just in terms of the progress of the program under Jay Norvell but also for their status as a potential team that could make the jump out of the G5 it would be big for CSU at some point you have to keep you have to stop selling the potential and what if and start winning these games finally break through that ceiling as far as the games that matter the least i really do think this is the harder question to answer I've seen a lot of different responses online. I've seen a couple of people throw Utah Tech in there. I get it just because you have no history, but I think it would be embarrassing to lose to a team that's only been in the FCS for a couple of years. For me, I'm going to go with UNLV. I know there's probably going to be a lot of Ram fans there, but I'm going to put it at number three just because I think the trip to Vegas, it's salvageable. Even if, even if the Rams lose, you can still have a good time. It shouldn't be a loss that kills you. It's on the road. You can live with it. Next, I'm going to have Hawaii. I already explained earlier. It's just such a challenging road trip that you kind of accept it is what it is. If you lose that game, it's frustrating, but it's not the end of the world. And for the third, I almost went with Nevada, but I think it has to be Middle Tennessee because it's not a conference game. It's not a home game. You don't have a ton of history there. And it's early enough in the year that you can recover if you happen to lose it. That said, if you start 0-3, that's a pretty challenging spot to be, particularly with how good the Mountain West is going to be, at least on paper. So that's my two cents. One last time, shout out to Aaron Harris for posting this question on Twitter. I enjoyed thinking up through the scenarios. Fun little exercise for a weekday pod here. Make sure you keep up with all the post-game basketball content. We'll have more recruiting news, all kinds of fun stuff. Hopefully I can have some big time guests coming up in studio as well. Shout out to all of you for continuing to support my content. Hope you're all staying safe and warm out there. Happy New Year's. Much love. Peace.